Hello and welcome to the Life is Story podcast. I'm Josh Olds. Today I'm sitting down with Dave Ramsey personality Anthony O'Neill to talk about his book, Debt-Free Degree. Anthony, thanks for being on the program. Hey, Josh. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast, man. I've been looking forward to it and excited to share uh, my message and uh, just talk a little bit with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that um, you're actually out in, in California right now. You're on you're on book tour for this book, right? Yes, sir. I'm currently in Los Angeles, California, doing a couple of media um, outlets today, and then we jet out to Denver, Colorado, and then from there we head out to Houston, Texas. So uh, we're on grind mode to try and spread this message and help a lot of parents and young people uh, get into college 100% debt-free. All right. Well, let's just jump right in. I want to know, there there are a lot of books that have been written um, about going to college debt-free. If you type in debt-free degree into Amazon, uh, I mean, your book comes up first, no doubt. Uh, but there are a lot of books <laughs> under it that, you know, from three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, that are all saying, you know, have this same premise. So what makes your book stand out? Um, how did, how did, what was the process of, of coming up with, okay, we know there's other material out there. We need something new. We need something fresh. You know, when you look at the book, Debt Free Degree, it is the step-by-step guide to how to get your kids into college and through college 100% debt-free. When you look at the other books on Amazon, any other books out there, you know, they're talking about scholarships. They're talking about ACTs, but they're not really laying out, here is the game plan. Here's the play-by-play scenario on what you need to be doing to be successful and to go into college debt-free. We all know there's $1.6 trillion in student loan debt, and the average student can graduate with about $35,000 in student loan debt. A fifth of those kids are going to graduate with $100,000 or more, and every 28 seconds, a student loan borrower is going into default. And so we see that these setting our young people up for success is setting them up for failure. And when I was out there just trying to find different resources, different books to help out my students, I couldn't find something that gave me the game plan. I had to read maybe 10 different books uh, mm. to one student. And I said, you know what? Let me step back and write the step-by-step process of what you need to do, from ACTs to what classes to your counselors, you name it. It's all in this book, that Free Degree. Mm. I think what really made your book stand out for me uh, is that it does – kind of lay out that step by step um you know it's not it's not exact specifics it's not like okay somehow we're gonna hack the system uh but this is <laughs> you know th- this is not you know super niche things you have to do but it does tell you <clears throat> here are the things you should do here's when you have to do them or here's when you should at least begin looking at doing them from you know all the way back in middle school on through to you know your your senior year so the very first, uh, I, I guess, once you give your introduction, the first like grade specific thing you talk about is seventh grade. Have you run into people that are like, man, you know, that's too young. Um, I don't want my, you know, I don't want to think about my. How old are people when they're in seventh grade? Twelve year old. You know, I don't want my twelve, thirteen year old thinking about college. I don't want to think about my twelve and thirteen year old going away from home. Um, have, have you run into people that are like, nah, too too early. Um, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, I've run into a lot of young people and a lot of parents that say, you know, seventh grade, middle school is way too early. But here's the thing. When you look on Instagram, how many five-year-olds, six-year-olds are we seeing dancing to the latest dance song that Taylor Swift or Beyonce has done? How many young people do we see singing and rapping songs? But we don't see young people uh, quoting and talking about college, talking about money. 
And so my argument to that is if, if we can allow them to have fun, we can actually help them educate themselves and start dreaming. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, good friends, she has an elementary school and she's now her fifth graders on college tours in the fifth grade. And I asked her, like, why are you doing it at the fifth grade? She said, because kids are impressionable at this age. If they walk into this college campus, they probably won't remember verbatim what they've seen, but they will have a picture in their head for the next five years that they went onto this big college campus. Mm-hmm. So when by the time they get into the seventh grade, eighth grade, and especially the ninth grade, they're thinking about college. They're thinking about their future, not thinking about the latest dance moves or the latest hip hop song. Uh, and so my argument there is like, hey, if we want our kids to be successful, the caliber of their future will be determined by the choices we as parents and leaders make today in their lives. Mm-hmm. So you, there's, it's never too early to have the money conversation. It's never too early to talk about their future. We've got to start at ASAP. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I think a lot of people, when you're like thinking of college, they're like, oh, you know, they have to have it all set. You know, and, and you don't. You know, when you're 12 or 13, it's just that general beginning, the foundation of, hey, start thinking about what you want to do with your life. And you don't have yeah. to have it all figured out. I mean, I'm I'm 30 years old. I don't think I got it all figured out. Um, but yeah. start thinking about start thinking that direction because this is a a huge decision. Um, one of the things that we've done uh, that I've, that I've noticed personally, I think from, from when I was in college to now working with, um, working with teenagers as a youth pastor is that when, when I was in college, you didn't really talk about student loans a whole lot. You just kind of did them. You go, you take out the loans, you pay them off eventually. You know, I didn't understand it when I went into college, I just did what I was told, um, I think now that system's changing a little bit. We're starting to see student loan debt be more and more in the public eye, particularly in our political system. So it seems like we want to answer this. Have you seen people begin to feel more like, hey, this is really a problem compared to, you know, five or ten years ago? Absolutely. You know, you and I both were doing the same things. You know, I was a youth pastor for 12 years before joining Dave's team. And one of the things that I noticed that we're not talking to our young people how to set themselves up successfully financially in the future. We were just saying, hey, if you're going to go to school, uh, get a scholarship. If you don't get a scholarship, just take out student loans. Mm. And I said, you know what? I want to change that. I want to start attacking uh, this head on. So as early as in the ninth grade, I was telling my young people, we're going to spend an hour every single day looking up scholarships and grants because I do not want you to graduate with student loans. I want you to graduate, work hard for four years, graduate your class and go into your dream career. Um, I think it's just become normal. You know, student loans have become normal. But what we're seeing is, Josh, normal is not setting our young people up for success. It's setting them up for failure. You know, they're graduating college, can't get married. They're going back home. They're not buying homes. They're not helping out the economy. They got to settle for a part-time job, two or three jobs, when they have a four-year degree that they spent on average anywhere $60,000 to $100,000 for. So uh, student loans is not the route. And it is possible to go to school debt-free which is why I wrote the book and which is why I've been on this mission for the last six years of my life to really help young people be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, if I can just share my personal story just for just a minute, um, you know, for me, when I, when I went to school, I took out student loans. Um, I was, I was about three weeks away from going off to college when my dad lost his job. It was 2008. He worked in the auto industry. You know, that was a bad year for everyone. And because of that, it, it changed the way I went to school. And I ended up staying at home. I ended up uh, transferring to the same school's online program. 
And because of that, it was cheaper. I was able to work throughout college and I was able to cash flow uh, the entire thing and help my family out during this time that my dad was out of work. And it was completely by accident. It wasn't something that I intended on doing, but it really worked out for my benefit that I was able to graduate, um, you know, the master's degree from seminary, no debt. And now I look at myself, you know, 10 years later uh, from that, almost 10 years later from that, and most of my peers, most of my friends from that age, they're still paying off their student loan debt. And for some of them, they have more student loan debt because of interest and deferrals than they had when they got out of school. And, you know, I think of all the things that I've been able to do and my family has been able to do as a result of that. We've been able to adopt two children. Uh, that would not have happened. Uh, that just would not have financially been able to happen if we had that weight of student loan debt, you know, around us. So, you know, our young people are missing out on so much of their lives because of this thing. So it's, it's a super important thing. We really, really do have to get on it. Um, so I want to ask you, what we, you know, what's your story? You, you told me a little bit about it. What was your story? How did you come to this place? You know, I came to this place when I was 18, 19 years old. You know, I graduated high school, walked into college debt-free, uh, but was excited to be this young man. And I was really trying to impress all the young people around me, had the latest and greatest stuff, and grew up with an, a great, great family, a Christian faith family. Uh, but unfortunately, I grew up without the financial uh, literacy knowledge that I needed. And so before I even turned 19 years old, I put myself into $35,000 worth of debt, $15,000 in credit card bills, $10,000 in furniture bills. Then I took out a $10,000 student loan when, Josh, I didn't even need it. You know, I had my father's mm -hmm. GI bill because he served 35 years in the Army. And I also had the National Forensics League uh, scholarship because I was a good debater. So school was paid for. Uh, but again, I wanted to impress the people. I wanted to have the rims on my car, the tents on my car, the, the systems in the back of my car. Uh, and I ended up homeless uh, because of some of the poor decisions I made while I was in school. And so when I got out of that situation of my life and got out of debt, I, you know, I really said, hey, I want to help as many young people, uh, millennials, and just people in general avoid the mistakes that I've made. I'm still a flawed young man. Uh, and God is still saving me by his grace, and I'm still improving day by day. Uh, but when it comes to my finances, uh, I'm a good steward of that. And I want to teach mm -hmm. other young people you know, how to be a good steward, how to go after your dreams um, in all areas, graduating college debt-free, building a home, buying a home, building wealth, leaving a legacy. But it starts at 18. It starts mm -hmm. at 15. It starts at 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lifelong journey, and um, getting set up – Start, you know, starting correctly, and the the tools you have when you start that journey will determine how far along that journey you're you're going to be able to get. Um, so yeah. let, let's give me. A, I don't need you to give me all the secrets of the book so that people don't have a reason to buy it. But um, give me just a, a brief overview. What is sort of the top thing per grade that you would suggest to parents and to students that they do uh, to to help? get this debt-free degree well let's do this i won't give you per grade i'll give you the top things that this book is talking about to okay. win and to be successful when it comes to going to college because if we go to per grade man we'll be on this podcast forever <laughs> yeah you got um, it. but there's 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 three practical things and then there's two mental things that i really say i, I am a 
a God that before I can give you the practical, we got to make a decision mentally. And there's two things that we got to do mentally. Number one, we got to take debt off of the table. Parents have to say, no matter what, I'm not going to allow my child to take out debt no matter what. Because what I'm seeing is we're allowing our students to take a kid's approach to an adult decision. They're saying, I want to go to this college. I want to go to this Ivy League school because of this football team or because of the fraternity or sorority or because of this. And that's not a good approach to be going and your seven-year-old, six-year-old is saying, what in the world? So let's take debt off of the table because when we take debt off of the table, Josh, we start seeing how community college becomes attractive. Local and state schools become attractive. Not going, I mean, not getting into debt um, over a school just becomes really attractive. And then after that, let's go ahead and just write the vision. Where there is no vision, that's where people perish. And I think that's why the majority of us are getting into debt because we don't really have a vision. We don't really have a plan. We're not stepping back and we're not doing the research to see, hey, is this uh, degree that I'm going after, is it profitable? Can I make six figures? Can I uh, really be successful with this degree? Or is this degree not worth the investment? So once we really have those two things and nail those two things down it's three practical things that i talk about throughout the entire book from seventh grade and throughout college you're going to save money you're going to find money and you're going to work okay those are three main things and you save money by looking at in-state colleges compared to out-of-state colleges uh you're going to uh, look at community colleges pretty much you're going to do the research and i'll say this as well sometimes going out of state could be cheaper than going in state the whole thing here is you've got to choose the right school, and you choose the right school by simply doing the research. Prime example, um, if you live in the state of North Carolina, UNC Pembroke, their tuition, if you get accepted into the school, it's only $500 a semester. So that's $1,000 a school year, $4,000 for a bachelor's degree. But if you don't do the research, you wouldn't know stuff like that. In the state of Tennessee, community colleges are free. So you can go to your first two years and transfer to your local in-state school, and you'll be good. So you got to step back and just really do all of the research before you make that decision. And then you find money. There's two types of scholarships, local scholarships and national scholarships. I encourage all these young people to go in there and look up as many local scholarships as you can. Go to your local businesses. Go to your local uh, credit unions. Go to your local churches. Uh, see what's available in the city, in the area to go after that. And then apply for your coca-cola scholarships apply for your national scholarships because this is a, a great option i want you to apply for every single thing i recommend young people to spend an hour every single day looking up grants and scholarships and while you're looking up scholarships while you're finding money you know they can go to my website anthonyondo.com i've done the hard research i have ten thousand webs uh ten thousand scholarships on my website right now and on top of that for this month only, ending in October 30th, I'm giving away $10,000 in scholarships, one $5,000 and two $2,500. And again, they can go to my website, anthonyoneal.com, or to my Instagram, at anthonyoneal, to learn more about that. And the last thing, Josh, here is while you're saving money and finding money, studies are showing that if you work 10 to 19 hours per uh, week, your grade is going to be better. You're going to be more focused. And so there's nothing wrong with a young person working. College is training our young people to go out there and get a career and a job. So why not start right now when you're in college? Work a little bit to start learning different characters, to be told no, to be yelled at. So that way when you graduate the education, you have also the hands-on experience and dealing with different personalities. But those are the five main things that I'm really addressing throughout the books. But 
you know, we're, we're talking about when to start studying for the ACT, the SAT, how to really nail the ACT, the SAT, uh, the proper method of going after it. And we talk about super scoring. We talk about doing aerobic classes. So, again, I can spend the whole day of your podcast <laughs> talking about what's on this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the key thing is get it. They can go to my website, anthonyno.com, to get the book and to get so many other resources from scholarships to college calculators to FAFSA walkthroughs, you name it. It's on AnthonyNeal.com. Yeah, yeah. So the main things are school choice, scholarships, and then work hard. And I tell you, yeah, all, all those things are going to be super helpful. Um, I know that when I was in college, I worked as a gymnastics instructor uh, throughout my college years. And I still, to this day, uh, part-time, uh, you know, about 20 hours a week in addition to my church work, um, teach gymnastics. And um, I, I I say this, I bring it up because I've had parents tell me of like, well, I want my kid to be good enough to to go to college and have their college paid for. And you know, I'm thinking like, this is your you know, this is your method of of paying for your child's college. You know what would happen if you just paid their monthly tuition, you know, into a college savings account every month? You'd, you'd be guaranteed that they would be, have their college paid for instead of just this you know one percent chance that they might get it in the future. So I, I think a lot of times we're looking for these big grand ways of paying for school. And it's, it's not that it really is just these simple things of just, you know, go through the grind, just, just get it done. You know, I, I agree with you on that part. I think, uh, what this generation is looking for is the easy way fix. I, I don't think there's one person that wants to borrow money mm-hmm. to go to college. I think that the average person wants it to be easy. What's the easiest way to get into college? And student loans are easy. But if someone came up to them and said, hey, would you want a $25,000 scholarship or student loans? I believe 100% of everyone would take the $25,000. The problem is we're not willing to put in the work to do it up front. We want to go the lazy route. And I believe our comfort zone is our kill zone. What's ever comfortable for us could be the very same thing that kills us. And it's killing, student loans are killing our dreams. It's delaying uh, people from buying houses. I mean, it's even delaying young people, millennials from getting married. Why? Because they were comfortable for four years. They was going to school, just easy signing that student loan paper. And just the other day, a young lady, it, it, it bothered my heart. She signed for student loans. She borrowed $108,000. Um, her student loans today are at $192,000 because of interest. Because of interest. Four years. Her being comfortable today is costing her nearly $200,000. That's almost double. And that bothers me that we are not willing to put in the work for four years, maybe five or six, so we can have the rest of our life to go after our dreams. Now she has to spend the next 20, 30 years paying back her four years. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that, that you've talked about, not all of them, but a lot of them have to do with academic achievements, you know, AP classes, dual enrollment, high test scores. Um, but, you know, not every kid's going to excel academically. So you might get somebody yeah. that picks this book up and they, and they look at it and they're just like, well, I can't do it because, you know, I'm just a middle of the road student. Uh, what was your advice to those kids who may be B or C students that still – see college is necessary for their, you know, for their growth in the future? Well, you know, this book is not for that 4.0 student. This book can apply to a 4.0 student, but I wasn't the 4.0 student. Mm-hmm. This book is actually going after any and everyone. If you have a 2.5, this book 
will help you out just as much as a 4.0 student because I'm giving all of the options, all of the layouts. You can go to community college and be accepted and spend your first two years there. Even if your state doesn't offer free community college, it's still going to be, on average, in between three dollars to $5,000 a year for the community college. Stay at home, eat at home. You can cash flow that. And then when you transfer to your state college, now you got to kill it in community college to make sure that your grades are good enough to get into a four-year university. But, Josh, the average uh, in-state school is going to cost you anywhere between six and, let's say, $11,000. So let's get you get towards the high end. $10,000 you're spending. If you do the math, divide that over 12, that's $833 a month. You can drive for Uber, you can drive for Lyft, you can deliver some pizzas, you can work at McDonald's, you can pay that bill between yourself and your parents to go to school debt-free. So this book is to teach you how to win, period. If I wasn't the strongest person when it, come to my AC, when it came to my ACT scores, it was actually very low. So I wrote this book in mind for those individuals as well. Mm -hmm. But if you are academically strong, hey, it's gonna help you out just as much as someone who was like me and was not academically strong. Mm -hmm. All right, we got about three minutes left before I know you have to go. So we're gonna go into lightning round. And I've got about three questions. Let's see how fast you can answer them. You up for it? Let's do it, three minutes. All right, ACT or SAT, which one should I take and when? Uh, take both of them and take them as much as you can. Take P the ACT. And the SAT practice exams as early as the ninth grade. Okay. Uh, what is the difference? This one's for the parents. What is the difference between a 529 and an ESA? How do I choose between the two? So ESA is an educational savings account. ESA, the ha family has to make less than $110,000 a year. If you make over $110,000 a year, then you need to go to a 529. Both of them are the exact same educational accounts, uh, but one has a little bit higher interest rate because of the uh, low income. Okay. Uh, what is a reasonable amount, do you think, to pay for a college education? I wouldn't say there is a reasonable amount. A reasonable amount. Your, my reasonable amount may be different from yours, Josh. I say uh, your dream school is an affordable school. What's the reasonable amount? Debt-free. As long as you can graduate from college debt-free, whether that's Harvard, Yale, in-state community college trade school, I don't care. Just graduate debt-free. Okay. There's about 40% of students that have a first job out of college that doesn't require a degree, let alone the degree they just got. What is the importance of that first job, that first job interview uh, in preparing for after college? Man, it's important. I mean, your first job, your first career is your stepping stone into your future. Uh, nail it. I recommend every young person to get the book, Tim Coleman, the proximity principal. He's going to teach you how to nail that first interview. He's going to teach you how to surround yourself with individuals who are going, who are already doing what you want to do. Uh, but that first job interview and that first job that you get you have to nail it because it's the foundation of your, your future. Mm -hmm. All right, last one for you. You have a junior or senior in high school, but absolutely no money saved for college. What would you say to that parent? Hey, don't trip. Me and my parents were in the same place. Uh, step back, analyze where you are financially. And number two, look and see maybe it's community college, trade schools, tech schools, the route that you need to go. Uh, but don't give up. You can start looking up scholarships and grants today. Um, go to anthonyhill.com. You can start that process. Uh, but no matter what, do not take out student loans, and you still will be just as successful. Two plus two equals four. Ready to go to Harvard or start off at community college. Just start the process. All right, Anthony. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, this is, again, the book is Debt-Free Degree. And if you have a child anywhere near college age, anywhere near you know middle school age, uh, this is a book that you need to pick up be thinking about their future. So thank you so much.
Hey, thanks for listening in. If you want to hear more, check the links in the post below or visit lifeisstory.com to see all the latest reviews, interviews, and giveaways.